Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how are you? I'm doing very well, uh, DW. How was your Christmas? Oh, fantastic. I uh, hope you and your family had a good one as well. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't complain. Yeah. And uh, we got a little bit of a Christmas gift in, uh, well, I guess it depends <laughs> on how you perceive these last two games for the Falcons as they close out the season. Uh, we are here to recap the loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Falcons lost a very close one, if you can believe that. They lost 14-17 to 17, uh, with uh, the opportunity at the end of the game to either win the game or at least tie it. And, of course, we will talk about that uh, here just in a second. Obviously, I think coming into this game, the Chiefs have to be considered the best offense in the NFL. They've got mm-hmm. easily one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, some of the best receivers, arguably the best receiving tight end, maybe in the history of the NFL, and Travis Kelsey, uh, who had his uh, another 100 uh, reception season. Uh, he, he eclipsed that in this game. And I think many fans, myself included, expected the Chiefs to score at will against this Falcons defense. And as we just noted, they were only able to score 17 points, which uh, if you're looking for some optimism uh, going into 2021, look at what the Falcons defense has done over the last half of this season. And there's reason to think a, a competent coaching staff can come in and really uh, hit the ground running with you know some of the talent that they have amassed on the defensive side of the ball, um, and you know we saw some of that in in today's game. But uh, obviously, I think a lot of people are going to focus on how this game finished, and that is uh, with a, a chance to win. Um, Matt Ryan was pressured throughout the game. Uh, he was nearly uh, nearly sack fumbled, but was able to get the pass off. Uh, then threw a pass that was nearly picked off and Calvin Ridley was able to knock it away. <laughs> and then young way crew comes on uh, and misses, I think it was a 38 yard field goal. 39. Uh, I think. Yeah. 30, 39. It was under 40. Uh, so should have been a, a, you know, something easy for him to nail in, you know, and this comes on the heels of him making the pro bowl <laughs> this year. Yeah. Um, so it, as it stands right now, the Falcons are four and 11. They've got one game left. Uh, they play Tampa, who honestly will not have a lot to play for next week. Uh, they don't have a chance at winning the division. They don't have a chance at the first round bye. Um, so there's a good chance that the Bucks will sit a lot of starters. Uh, the Falcons could be looking at a bunch of backups and you know be looking at a five and eleven uh, finish to this season. But as it stands right now, uh, the Falcons are in the number three draft position because Cincinnati won this afternoon. And uh, right now, it looks like the Falcons, the, the worst their pick will be will be uh, number 11, um, depending on what happens next week. Uh, so it could be anywhere from 3 to 11, uh, depending on how the season 
finishes out. So again, if you were on the side of wanting this team to tank, uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, you got the the <laughs> perfect ending to this game. For those of us who do want to see the Falcons win, it was a frustrating loss. Um, but one, Evan, that I felt like there were some definite positive signs that came out of this one. What were some of your takeaways in watching this Falcons really, really close loss to uh, arguably a, a team that's going to be considered a Super Bowl favorite? Yeah, I think they are even still the Super Bowl favorite. Um, some takeaways, I liked uh, Ido Smith, you know, there for a while they shied away from him, but he was averaging well over five yards per carry. Um, I have no idea why they shied away from him and pretty much split carries with him and Brian Hill, even though they, you know, made it a thing, hey, this week we're starting Ido Smith, like he's our lead dog now, but that, that's whatever. Uh, Calvin Ridley's a number one receiver. I know that's been floated around for some reason. People saying he'll never be a number one receiver. I'm not going to name names, but that's stupid. He's a number one receiver. He just happens to normally have Julio Jones. When Julio Jones isn't playing, uh, Ridley's the number one receiver. So, I mean, what else do you need? Um, Matt Ryan's still good. Not his fault. Line had some problems. Uh, But there was obviously some missing uh, people along the offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, overall, it was just – I'm – you know, it's a loss to where it helps our draft position, and I understand that. Also, the Falcons were very much in this game um, and pretty much just beat themselves, as odd as that yeah. is against a then 13-1 and Kansas City Chiefs defending Super Bowl team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't really feel anything. Um, I, I'm not happy. I'm not sad. It's just, <laughs> it's just oh, okay, well, that was fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to, if I just throw my two cents in, you know, Young Way Koo has had a great season, obviously getting the selection of the Pro Bowl. But this was really his first true test all season in a pressure uh, situation. You know, I've talked to Matt Bryant and Morton Anderson, arguably, not even arguably at this point, the two best kickers in Falcons history. Um, and the one thing they both said every time I talked to them was, it's what's between the ears. It's how you react in these pressure moments. Um, any kicker can go out and make a 30-yard field goal when you're down, you know, 14 or whatever, and there's nothing really on the line. But unfortunately today, Koo got his first real test, um, a 39-yarder, which should should be makeable if you're a Pro Bowl kicker um, to get your team still in it. I know people are joking online saying he's the MVP because he missed and it helps the – the, right, you know, but he didn't miss on purpose. Like he legit missed a 39 yarder that if, you know, what if this was a situation where it mattered? Um, you know, yep. it, it wasn't really even a close kick either. So I, I'm not, I mean, I'm, you can call me a hater, but I'm not totally on board this whole, you know, coup train yet. Um, I need to see more in these kind of situations where the game is on the line, not down a bunch and he's kicking because the offense is terrible in the red zone. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a that's a very, very valid point. Um, so let's get into the injury situation. You hinted at it uh, just a little bit earlier, but what was the injury situation? Who was inactive, I guess, is the better way to put it, uh, since yeah. you covered that for this game. Yeah, so Julio Jones obviously was inactive. He's still dealing with the hamstring injury. I'm not sure why they just haven't placed him on IR. Um, I, I guess maybe they want him to come back next week. I have no idea, but... Uh, Quadri Allison continues to be inactive. Uh, Darquez Denard, James Carpenter, who returned last week, but then re-injured that groin, um, 
he he was inactive again. Deidre's not. Marlon Davidson. The big one was Alex Mack. That kind of concerned me because he popped up on the practice report with a concussion. Um, and if you've been paying attention to a lot of that articles at the falcolic.com and stuff, um, there's not a big a lot of optimism here that Alex Mack is going to be back um, in 2021. So right. these were kind of like the last two games. You know, I don't know what I don't want to give any percentage, but there's probably a good like 80 to 90 percent chance he's not back next season. Um, you don't want to see him go out like this. He's been a tremendous uh, center for the Falcons, one of the best in team history. Um, concussions are difficult to kind of judge. Like you can miss a game, you can miss four, you could go on IR. Like nobody knows. I just hope he's okay because those are scary injuries. And hopefully he makes it back for next week against Tampa, which could technically be his last game in Atlanta. Um, and then on the Chiefs side of things, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if you play fantasy football, you're well aware who that is. Um, he's He was at inactive. Cornerback uh, Bo Pete Keys, cornerback DeAndre Baker, uh, linebacker Damian Wilson, offensive tackle Martinez Rankin, defensive end Tim Ward, and defensive tackle Kalen Saunders were the inactives for the Chiefs. Yep. Um, it's interesting. You brought up the offensive line, and one thing I wanted to point out about that before we get into some of the statistics from the game, um, we may very well, Evan, have been previewing what the 2021 Falcons offensive line could look like. We had Matt Gono at left guard instead of Justin McCray, who had been uh, in that position before for uh, the injured James Carpenter. And we had Matt Hennessy at center. And Interestingly enough, Hennessy, I think, had three penalty, three holding penalties yeah. in the game. <laughs> Not a good start for the rookie. Um, I don't want to write him off because of that. You know, a lot of fans are going to be very upset with that performance, rightfully so. Um, it was his very first start in the NFL. I think we have to give him a little bit more than one game. Um, I will say, though, Matt Gono, from what I can remember, had uh, a pretty good game at left guard. Uh, some of our guys are going to watch the, the tape this week. Uh, we'll certainly let you know what we think, but it, it will, of course, bring up the question because James Carpenter, even when he was healthy, was not partic- particularly good this season. So it makes you wonder why why did Gono not get the chance uh, even after Carpenter got injured? You know, they put McCray in there for two weeks. Mm-hmm. McCray was pretty bad, uh, and then Gono goes in at left guard, uh, and you know, it looks like he may have had a pretty good game there. Again, we'll we'll see how it comes out, and I know Evan, you'll you'll watch the PFF scores to see how mm-hmm. that plays out as well but um right now that could be a look at what the falcons offensive line looks like next year unless they grab an offensive lineman in the first round there's a very good shot that you know hennessy was drafted to be the successor to alex mack mm-hmm. and you know you look at left guard you know a lot of people have talked about the idea of matt gono being the long-term answer there and this may be a true preview of the 2021 offensive line and it is a little bit frustrating that they they, they, they show a lot was, yeah <laughs> but here, here's the thing here's the thing to remember to talk yourself down a little bit um this was matt he did play left guard a little bit this year but his true position is center and this was his first start at center um right. for the falcons so you know don't you know don't be too negative on him um also yeah. gono i i liked what i saw Actually, I liked what I saw from both of them. I mean, obviously holding penalties, but that's going to happen when you're young. You're you're just, you know, you're all of a sudden playing NFL players at center. Um, I'm not too worried, but 
Uh, I did like seeing Gono at left guard. So maybe there's something there. I'm surprised, like you said, he didn't get that kind of start earlier. But um, yeah, so I mean, we'll just we'll just see what happens next season. But uh, I think there's something to build there. Uh, But yeah, you definitely don't want to see all them sacks. Matt Ryan seemed like he would drop back and literally have everyone in his face. Um, So yeah, exactly. Um, so on that note, Evan, why don't you uh, remind, give us a rundown of what the Falcons did offensively today? Yeah, so Matt Ryan, as I said, had a pretty good day, 27-35 to 35 for 300 yards exactly, um, two touchdowns and a passer rating of 121.1. Um, running backs, uh, Ido Smith had 10 carries for 46 yards, a long of 14. I thought he was running very well, um, but obviously not a full commitment. Uh, to the run game, at least not for Edo Smith, as I would have liked to see. But Brian Hill got seven carries for 36 yards. Todd Gurley, uh, four recept- uh, four carries for 16 yards. Um, and then in the receiving game, Calvin Ridley had nine targets. He caught five of them for 130 yards, uh, long of 54. Aiden Hurst had a really good day. He had five receptions, 47 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Todd Gurley was the... Th- he had three receptions for 34 yards. So he was getting more use in the passing game at the running back position. Um, Russell Gage, four receptions, 23 yards. That's about it. Laquan Treadwell, he, he pops up randomly every now and then. He had two receptions for 11 yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think he only comes in at the goal line, and I have no idea why, but – yeah, big, bigger receiver. I mean, I think some of the other guys are a little bit smaller. But he's not catching jump passes. Like, he's just, <laughs> he's just catching, like, it's underneath throws and stuff. So random. Yeah, and he's in there just to frustrate fantasy players so, <laughs> uh, who are looking for, you know, Calvin Ridley touchdowns or Russell yeah. Gage touchdowns. Uh, absolutely. Um, as for the Chiefs, you know, they, you know, we mentioned Matt Ryan being under pressure. Um the, the player, I think, who stood out for the Chiefs, even though his stat line isn't going to necessarily uh, jump out, was uh, Chris Jones. He, he did have a sack uh, in the game, uh, but he caused so much more pressure than that one sack would indicate. Uh, Frank Clark, uh, Alex um, Okafor also added a sack along with uh, Legereus Sneed. So they did have four sacks on the day. Um, no interceptions, uh, thankfully, although there was one that was particularly close. Uh, that Matt Ryan sort of floated the ball in, uh, towards the end of the game, and and, Matt, and uh, Calvin Ridley made a nice play to knock oh, that ball what, away. What about that? What about that uh, one to Todd Gurley, where it just like seemed like a rocket just thrown up in the air, spiraled and just like dropped right oh, to yeah. him for the first. <laughs> yeah, the fumble, I called it a fumble pass. It looked like yeah. a fumble when it came out. Uh, yeah, when Ryan was literally being tackled and just sort of lobbed it into the air, and Gurley somehow came down with it. God bless him. Um, yeah, so honestly, this was a game where the Chiefs' defense coming in had fewer sacks than the Falcons, if you could believe that. Coming in, the Falcons had 28 sacks. The Chiefs had 25. Uh, so they did add to their total in this game. <laughs> um, but this is not – a you know, the Chiefs were missing their starting linebackers. Um, it, if you're looking for blame here for the, why the Falcons couldn't put up more points, I think, again, you have to look towards the offense, some of the offensive play calling, um, calling an end around with your wide receiver on a second long uh, it, on a drive after a turnover is uh, a, a great way to kill an offensive drive. Um, we, 
I will say this, uh, myself and some of the other Falcoholic writers got into some pretty heated arguments on Twitter with some fans who uh, insisted Matt Ryan should throw the ball away on a max protect. And we've seen Dirk Cutter call this play previously in the season, a max protect where he sends out two receivers. He sent out Hayden Hurst and Christian Blake as the two receivers. So first of all, not even your two top receivers who are easily at this point uh, with Julio Jones out, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. No, you send out Christian Blake and Hayden Hurst. Uh, that was problem number one. Problem number two is this Max Protect has rarely ever worked for the Falcons. I think it's worked once this year. Uh, most of the rest of the time, it's turned into sacks, which is what, exactly what happened on this drive. Uh, and then fans were arguing that it you know, should have been a throwaway. Ryan should have thrown the ball away. Uh, and the only point I want to make here as we you know, close out our discussion in the first half of the podcast is this. If your offensive play call results in the best option being your quarterback and needs to throw the ball away, it was a terrible play call. <laughs> like That's the bottom line. If you look at that play and you're saying, oh, Ryan should have thrown it away, the problem wasn't Ryan. The problem was you had a play call that was so bad that the best option was for your quarterback to throw the ball away. That really should be the takeaway there. Um, anyhow. Uh, we're going to talk about what the Falcons did defensively and what the Chiefs did offensively uh, and then what we've got remaining to close out this crazy Falcons season. Uh, <laughs> but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker. I am joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. We are recapping the Falcons' loss to the Chiefs, 14-17 on the road, week 16 of the 2020 NFL season. Evan, in the first half, we talked about the Falcons offense, uh, we talked about what Dirk Cutter did or didn't do in this game. Uh, and, you know, we we hammer on Dirk Cutter a lot, and I think for good reason. Uh, you and I both mentioned the offensive line basically having two brand new starters in Matt Gono at left guard and Matt Hennessy at center because of injuries and uh, the concussion uh, to Alex Mack. So I, I do think it's fair, and of course, Leo Jones being out. So I think it's fair to also – point out, you know, the, the injuries on the offense certainly uh, have contributed. Um, but, you know, I, I think this game was more about, to me, what the, the Falcons defense did. Because coming in, I think most of the Falcoholic writers 
worth thinking that if we could hold Kansas City to under 35 points, it would be a small victory. Mm-hmm. And we held them to 17. And that is, in I think, in many people's minds, quite the accomplishment, including holding them scoreless in the first quarter and in the third quarter. They only allowed a touchdown in the second quarter and the fourth quarter. Um, and then, of course, a field goal in the fourth quarter as well. That that was the difference in this game. Um, so why don't you recap what the Chiefs did offensively? Because honestly, this is the best offense in the NFL. And I, don't, I don't think there's any question about that. It, it's, you know, maybe – Maybe you compare them with you know a couple other teams, maybe Green Bay, but uh, I feel like the Chiefs are considered the best offense in the NFL, and the Falcons held them to 17. So tell us about what Patrick Mahomes did in this game and, um, and why it was so notable. Well, for one thing, this is the fewest, at least in 2020, the fewest amount of points the Chiefs have scored. I mean, just like overall in the last couple of weeks on Damasam, 32, 33, 22, 27, 35, 33, 35, 43. And it goes, it's basically the same thing. Um, they only put up 17 points, and and if you want to look, their second touchdown came with a minute 55 left in the whole game. Like, if you were expecting <laughs> this team to be – like, I mean, I was. At halftime, I was expecting it to be like 40 to 0. Um, the Falcons' yeah. defense stepped up. The only reason the Falcons were even in this game was the defense. Um, they could have put it away, as you mentioned, you know, Terrell having that lead interception. But um, overall, I mean – Chiefs offense wasn't the greatest thing I've ever seen, which is odd. But Patrick Mahomes, 24 uh, completions for 278 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, pass rating of 79.5. Um, he also rushed for – he had three rushes for 21 yards, a long of 13. Um, their lead back today, you know, with Edward Talier out, as I mentioned um a lot of people expect to see a lot of Le'Veon Bell. He only had seven carries for 30 yards, and their number one back was Daryl Williams, who had 10 carries for 46 yards. Um, no rushing touchdowns today. Um, and McCall Hardman obviously had a, a end around or whatever for 20 yards. Um, that was more of like a trick play. Um, through the air, as you mentioned, Travis Kelsey, um, one of the best tight ends I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, he had seven receptions for 98 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, kind of quiet today, four receptions for 65 yards. Um, Demarcus Robinson, he was that late touchdown I mentioned. He had two receptions for 29 yards and a touchdown. Um, and that's about it. Just not like, I mean, I, I watch the Falcons, obviously, so I'm not seeing a whole lot of Kansas City Chiefs games, but I'm aware of the highlights. Um, didn't see many highlights in this game for them. Yeah, and it, it, I have actually watched, I would say, five or six Chiefs games this year, uh, mainly because I was interested to see what the offense would be like because of the potential of the Falcons bringing in uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. because I wanted to see, you know, what this team was really made of. And, and you know, I've always come away impressed by the Chiefs, uh, the, the creativity on that side of the ball. And it shouldn't come as a surprise for anyone who's watched the NFL for any period of time. Andy Reid has always run very, very creative offenses. It's never been a problem. Generally, what has uh, been the downfall for Andy Reid has been the defenses that he's put on the field. Um, and you know what we're seeing from the Chiefs this year is more of that. They just they know how to pick the right weapons and they know how to use them. And 
that is the story with uh, Patrick Mahomes and the rest of this offense. But as you noted, Mahomes was 24 of 44. Like that's a pretty low completion percentage for what he is normally used to, um, you know, missing 20 passes on the day. And the Falcons consistently pressured him. They had two interceptions on the day. You know, they had one of Mahomes, one of Sammy Watkins um, on, you know, what was obviously a trick play. Uh, so let's talk about the, the Falcons defense. Cause again, to me, this is the bigger story coming out of this game. You know, the Falcons offense sputtered, we're going to blame, you know, Dirk Cutter. We're going to blame the offensive line. We're going to blame Matt Ryan for missing a few passes. Um, and, and all of that is fine and dandy. And, and certainly we'll blame you know, Young Way Koo for missing that field goal at the end. But for me, the, the defense kept this team in the game the entire time. Keanu Neal had an interception uh, in the game that uh, killed, you know, a, a scoring drive uh, for Kansas City. It was actually a really, really nice play on his part. That was the one on Sammy Watkins. Um, Foya Luakun had the other interception where, to be blunt, I do not know what Patrick Mahomes thought he saw. He literally threw it yeah. <laughs> right, right to Foye. Um, and Foye returned at 51 yards. It was actually a really nice yeah. return um, to set up the Falcons. And, of course, uh, Dirk Cutter. I the distance. I, I did, too. Honestly, it looked like he had the, he had the opportunity. Uh, and of course, the Falcons did not capitalize on that one. That interception, uh, that was the infamous Dirk Cutter uh, two straight sacks drive. Uh, and <laughs> they did capitalize on the Keanu Neal interception. Uh, that was a 98-yard touchdown drive for the Falcons. Um, and, you know, I, I do want to point out, because this is going to come up, the touchdown that you mentioned just a minute ago, Evan, for the Chiefs came on a play where the play immediately before it, A.J. Terrell made what looked to be a fantastic play to potentially intercept the ball and uh, you know put the game away because the Falcons at that point had the lead. They were, they were up 14 to, to 10. And uh, you know he, he leapt up, came down with the ball, and then could not hold on to it. And it went out of his arms. And of course, in classic Falcons fashion, the ball bounced out in the, the next play. It was a touchdown pass. Uh, <laughs> and that was the, the go-ahead touchdown pass that would ultimately win the game for the Chiefs. So it, I want to say this because that would have been a difficult interception. And yes, A.J. Terrell, if he wants to be one of the top corners in the league, needs to pull down those interceptions. He has to make that play in the future. That said he has been having an outstanding season as a rookie corner. Evan, I know you and I watched the PFF scores. He's one of the highest rated rookies this mm -hmm. year on defense. He is um, the highest rated corner or he was last yeah. week. So it's, I don't think it's any, uh, and I think he's going to come back again as, you know, with a pretty good score in this game. Um, mm -hmm. He, as you mentioned, Tyreek Hill was basically a non-factor for a good bit of this game. Um, and I, I just don't think fans fully appreciate what this young player is going to do in the future. He will make these plays in the future. Um, he, he's missing them as a rookie, and I understand the frustration. But I watch him play, and I just I come away extremely excited about his long-term potential, even if we want to see these plays right now. Um, mm -hmm. Finally, tackles. Deion Jones led the team with eight. Uh, Kendall Sheffield with seven. Keanu Neal with five and a handful of others with three and below. Uh, the Falcons' defense, again, 
to me, the overall story here is what they did to keep the Chiefs offense from scoring. And, you know, a lot of times you see a score like this, you think, oh, okay, well, the, the Chiefs, you know, they they were their own worst enemies. It wasn't that Atlanta was good. And actually, I would say that it, it was probably a mix. Certainly, Mahomes wasn't on target uh, for a good bit of the game, and he missed some passes that he would not normally miss. But I think the Falcons' defense deserves a lot of credit in this game uh, going up against the best offense in the NFL and, and holding them to just 17 points. So kudos to them. And what a great audition to uh, to show Eric Bieniemy that if, if he's considering <laughs> teams to go to, uh, that he gets to see this defense and think, man, I could work with this as a head coach. Um, so and maybe, only- maybe – only 14 points on offense. Maybe we should be considering him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe we're looking at the enemy and saying, uh, I don't know about this. Um, oh, also, but- before we move on from the defense, can we give you a moment to just talk about that challenge of, uh, oh, of Terrell? Yeah. One of the I, worst challenges you know, I've ever seen. I don't know what it, – it, it's funny. We uh, – on the very same play we were just talking about where Terrell could have come down with the interception, it clearly bounced out of his hands and hit the ground. Like it was not even close. And all of a sudden that challenge flag comes out. And I think all of us in, in the Falcoholic in our side chat that we have, we're like, what was that? I think Gina even was suggesting that Raheem Morris needs to be put on timeout. No more, no more challenge flags for Raheem for the rest of the season. Um, just a dreadful – the only thing the only thing I could think of was he was thinking, I, I need to give my defense a little bit of a breather, and maybe the challenge will be in the booth for longer than what a timeout would normally last, uh, and it'll give him enough of a breather. It clearly – like they went into the booth for like 15 milliseconds. They're like, nope, that was, that was <laughs> clearly <laughs> – we don't know what you were challenging. Oh, all they did was give him time to drop the next play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you gave your defense a breather, but you also gave uh, Andy Reid and uh, Eric Bieniemy time to draw up the thirty-yard yeah. touchdown pass that came next. Uh, yeah, just a horrible, horrible challenge. It, like, if you want a timeout, Raheem, just take the timeout. Don't don't play <laughs> games. And uh, if you thought that was a legitimate challenge, then you need to go to an optometrist and get your eyes checked out because it, that was not even close. Oh, Evan, anything you want to add about what the Falcons defense did today? No, I just think uh, if you're looking for, you know, silver linings here, Foy is a hell of a linebacker. Keanu Neal is just as good as he's ever been. Um, yep. Deion Jones still good. Grady Jarrett, Pro Bowl Grady Jarrett is uh, – two-time Pro Bowl Grady Jarrett is still good. Um, but, yeah, aside from that, Fowler is awful. Um, I sent a video in the Falcolic chat. You can probably yeah. find it online yourself. Um, the dude must be, I'm like, I hope he's injured. I hope he's okay, but I hope he's injured. So that's the excuse because if he's a hundred percent, the dude's slacking off. Like he's not playing. Um, he, there was a rush. It was on a free play for the chiefs. He was playing at maybe 60% effort like not jogging literally Grady Jarrett was next to him and Grady Jarrett took off hustling towards Mahomes and Fowler just kind of stood there. Um, and I mean, it goes to show for zero tackles today, 
really nothing going on, you know, no pressures or anything. Um, I saw him in past situations just on the sidelines. Like, this is the guy you paid to be your top pass rusher. Um, so, yeah, not 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 great. Yeah. yeah. I, I've seen some people suggest, you know, the Falcons need to cut him. I, I think it won't happen, but purely because of cap reasons. Um, and I want to put this caveat out there for all the players. It, it's hard to evaluate guys in the midst of a lame duck coaching staff. And I want to see how some of these guys look in 2021, let the new coaching staff come in and evaluate guys like Dante Fowler. But yeah, he, he absolutely took that playoff and it was, it was quite disgusting. Um, not something you want to see from a guy who's getting 16 million per year. Um, Especially so when you're see, rushing like only a couple guys. Yeah. They were rushing three yet again. Um, it, which is frustrating because the Falcons were successful when they were blitzing and uh, you know, Mahomes is not the kind of quarterback you want to give 15, 20 seconds to in the pocket. Uh, especially when he's got guys like, you know, Travis Kelsey that can bust open big gains, uh, which happened multiple times in this game. <laughs> so it's not like we haven't seen it before in this game. Uh, anyhow, um, this, I will say the Falcons four and 11, the best they'll finish is five and 11. Right now, their draft position is number three. Uh, if you're hoping for the Falcons to take a quarterback, they could be in position for that. A lot's going to depend on what happens next week. Obviously, the teams in front of us, how they play, whether or not Tampa uh, plays their starters in Week 17, which I would bet that they, they do not at this point since they don't have anything to play for. Um, but yeah, we've got one more game to cover. Uh, we will be on the road to face the Buccaneers to close out the season. Uh, and, and we'll see how that plays out. This could be a really, really wild finish to this really, really wild 2020 NFL season. Evan, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you, what you've got going on? Um, you can find me on the Falcolic, usually doing the injury reports and other little things. I do statistically speaking where I mention um, any sort of records or relevant stats, um, career stats or seasonal stats. Um, also you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield and, uh, yeah, we got one more game to go. Um, and then, you know, me and DW are still going to talk to y'all throughout the off season and stuff, but, um, we appreciate those who listen every week, even in a season where there's really no reason to listen. Um, we appreciate (laughs) you listening. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, as for you guys, you can find me on Twitter at DW. Updates for this podcast at Falcoholic Pod. And of course, our articles daily at falcoholic.com. So for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. Talk with you next time.